Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 7.30, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life now your hosts of beyond the business eric cox and leslie haywood and great saturday morning low country welcome to another edition of beyond the business people you know stories you don't and thank you again to our loyal listeners for tuning in the dial either here on the radio every saturday morning from 7 30 to 8 or going to our website at coastalwm.com and checking out our podcast I'm one of your hosts, Eric Cox, here as usual. And I am Leslie Haywood, two weeks in a row. This is a record. I feel privileged to have you by my side <laughs> two weeks in a row. So you know what this week is? Mm, nope. Hmm. You just what stumped on that week? one, huh? No. I actually want to take a moment because this coming Tuesday is my 14th anniversary for my oh. lovely wife and I celebrating Yay. Uh, 14 years of blissful marriage. Well, congrats, so. Eric. I'm sorry, Lee. I want to thank you, uh, Leslie, for that, as well as <laughs> 10 days later, her birthday. So oh, congratulations. It's a very festive couple of weeks ago. I know. Wow. Us. You got a you party rocking. As this long week. as you got an eight, and I can remember the date. So yeah. that's why it worked out so well for me. That's awesome. Awesome. But I do want to say I love you, Lee. Thank you for 14 great years and certainly three amazing children. Wonderful. Wonderful. So I, we get to continue this one this conversation with Bob Martin today. We and, do indeed, and um, he came back. He came back. <laughs> I yes. thought you might have ran him off there a few of your questions last week. I know but he's, he's a tough dude. So. I know. Uh, Bob Martin, get... CEO of RJ Martin Electric. Good to have you back in the studio. Great to be back. Thank you for uh, deciding to come back. Hey, by the way, we didn't do this last week, so let's take a minute just for our listeners. Uh, it's in the name, so I'm certain they probably have a good idea of what your company is all about. But give us a little 20, 30-second commercial on R.J. Martin. Um, we're an electrical contractor. We have two offices, and um, one in Cleveland, one in here in Charleston. Um, specialize in commercial, industrial, electrical installations. Um, and we have a, a travel, uh, two travel divisions, one that uh, does specifically industrial, one that does retail remodels, and then our, our third division does um ground up commercial industrial work out of cleveland and how many employees do you guys have nowadays about 100 about 100 so if you joined us last week got to hear bob's first part uh of of his story uh you would certainly hear an amazing story of how he's come through this and uh leslie why don't you share with our listeners maybe a couple nuggets you took away well i thought it was very interesting how being raised in an entrepreneurial family and being his dad started you know the the company basically how bob i'm going to talk about you like you're not here um he tried to talk bob out of being an entrepreneur because it was so much work and it was hard and you know so the path that college took him was you know pre-med and then it was actually his dad that wound up kind of sucking him back in so i don't know it just goes to show that uh, when it's something that you're born to do and you get raised to do that no matter no matter what you kind of gravitate back towards it and i thought that that was you know you can't get out if you try and i i feel that entrepreneur entrepreneurial spirit with a lot of our guests and you know something he uh, actually didn't say last week that struck me was you know he grew up as as a kid in this business with his dad starting it 
as a teenager through college. Then he becomes an employee. He ended up becoming a CEO at, a, at an age younger than I think he ever anticipated. But what struck me the most was the fact that you sit here, and I know you personally, so I can say this, you absolutely love what you do. I do. And to have that from you birth all the way through to today and right. just be totally in love with it, uh, that is a destiny, my friend. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. I, I feel very blessed to be able to go to work and say that I, I get to work closely with some of my best friends every day. Now, it's I'm fun. sure just like my upcoming 14th year marriage, those <laughs> blissful moments are abundant. But every now and then, there's probably a one or two moments that are not. And so let's reflect back uh, uh, last week where uh, you were 29 years old when you took over as CEO. 2008 had just surpassed company was hitting some turbulent times obviously as you said you were nervous yet excited at the same time Uh, talk a little bit about uh you know looking back from that time to today just sort of a global perspective of um what was some of the biggest challenges for you particularly early on as a young new ceo the the biggest challenge for me was navigating the company through the recession that was that was hard because um you know, well, that you, was that would be hard for, for truly seasoned right. CEOs. So and a business that's so tied economically to right, the right, right, right. I mean, the construction industry it's, obviously got hit. Right, it was really hard. And um, you know, we lost. The, the, the hardest part was losing people because not not because of their their work ethic or their ability to do the work is because you didn't have work to provide them to. You didn't have projects for them to work on. And um, that that was very difficult. And seeing, you know, seeing that happen, because you as a business owner, you want to be able to provide a good a good life for your employees. And, you know, you kind of take it personally when you can't provide that for some good people and and they got to move on and 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 figure something out for their families that that was very difficult to to see happen. And so what would be something as a nugget you can share with some of our entrepreneurs listening this morning whom may be going through something like that now or will in the future, uh, a, a needle of advice on how to handle it? Um, even though the good times are hard and you wonder when it, when they'll ever end, they do end. You just got to work hard and keep your, you know, keep your head down, keep swinging. Um, you know, it's not a, every year or every stretch of, you know, two or three years isn't always going to be the best. You know, everything's cyclical. And you just got to work and and rely on on the people that that you employ um, to to do what they do best, and eventually you'll come out of it, you know. And when, when you do come out of it, you're gonna you'll have a lot of lessons that you've learned to make you better for the next time around. Not a wisdom, huh? What's that? A lot of wisdom. A lot of wisdom there. <laughs> now, where was the company headquarters at this point? Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. So te- take us through how how'd you get here. Um, well, during the recession, that big bus that came to Ohio, I mean, came from Ohio to <laughs> right. yeah. everybody else. Yeah, I drove Charleston. it. That I drove huge it. bus. Charleston <laughs> bus, right? <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> um, you know, during the recession, um, Cleve, the Cleveland market was struggling, you know, pretty, pretty bad. And the Charleston market, we, we had an office here already. Um, it was, you know, we, we were managing some of our national stuff out of here and we were doing, um, you know, some smaller scale commercial industrial projects here. And then Boeing started really picking up steam with all the, I mean, it was like a big magnet sucking, you know, sucking all kinds of industry into the area. And I mean, we're still seeing that with Volvo and all that stuff. So, 
even though the the recession was still kind of grinding out a little bit and um uh the charleston market itself was showing a lot of promise so i moved down here to try to help um you know i in my in my mind i kind of saw this being the future market of of the of the company because of the opportunities that the charleston market was providing so what he's really trying to say, Leslie, is that the weather stinks in Cleveland exactly. and no one to come to South yeah, Carolina. Yeah, exactly. The, one of the best days of my life, other than my marriage great. and my kids, is when I gave my neighbor my snowblower. It was pretty, oh, pretty that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So speaking of marriage, so how does how did your wife fit into this equation? When did you meet her and how did she? We actually started dating um, when we were juniors i think in high school oh wow yeah we we've been together a long time she's uh she's she's awesome she's Kelly's a trooper I'll she is you. she is yeah she's she's the best she really is so and go ahead i was gonna say she's been with you through these ups and downs oh I yeah she was i mean i've you. leaned on her a lot you know i mean she, her her support and um confidence and um i mean she never once got worried or scared or said what are we doing She's been whatever whatever we needed to do. She's on board with, and you can't. I couldn't ask for for a better for a better wife. I mean, she's she's amazing. So as you're going through this uh, transition out of a recession, you end up uh, coming to Charleston, establishing a presence here. You still have a presence back in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about sort of how the business scaled coming out of that recession, and what were some of the key decisions you all made to help your help you grow during that time. Um, I mean, it, it, what, during a recession, one of the things that we did is we tried to branch out and do other things and, you know, things that we had no business doing. Um, and once we kind of figured out that those weren't, that wasn't the right, uh, decision to make, um, we really focused on what are we good at? Let's just be the best at that, be the best that we can be at these niches that, we, that we've got. And once we kind of focused on that, um, things really turned around and we, we, we kind of, we, we got rid of some business segments that weren't doing great for us. And, um, you know, when we had, we had other divisions that were doing well and the ones that weren't doing well, the ones that we had no business doing were a drag on, on the company as a whole. So once we kind of, um, you know, shedded that, that weight, um, things really started taking off for us. So, I mean, that, that, if, if there's another thing that I learned during that recession is just hunker down and focus on what you're good at. Don't try to panic and, and do things that are outside of your wheelhouse because there's other people out there that have been doing it for a while and they're probably better at it than, than you are. So just focus on what you're good at and then just kind of ride the storm out. Sure. Now, when you move down here, I know now Charleston is sort of a, a mecca for entrepreneurs and entrepreneurships. But when you started establishing your presence and your headquarters here, what were some of the resources that you used here in Charleston that helped you really get a foothold in the area? Um, well, actually, we don't have um, a presence here much anymore, believe uh-huh. it or not. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we that that was one of the things. I moved down here for, for the Charleston market. And after I got down here, um, it was, it was a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be to, to develop a new, a new workforce, um, and be able to, to do the type of work that we do up in Cleveland. You know, just because, just because we, we were, 
we're successful in Cleveland doesn't mean that we can just do the same thing here and start from scratch. We could, but um, it was going to take a lot longer than than I had anticipated. So that was one of the segments that we decided to kind of wind out. So out of this office now, um, we we manage all of our national stuff, our industrial and our retail stuff out of this office. So we don't really have much of a of a presence locally here in the Charleston market. We're not we're not doing projects in Charleston right now. Not to say that that'll change. Not to say that that's forever. I mean that could change. But as of right now, we're again we're focusing on what we're good at, and um, just kind of rolling with that at the moment. So when you reflect back, Bob, on um, the early years of that business when your dad was running it to where you are today, uh, talk a minute about just sort of the the philosophical differences, uh, yet maybe some things that uh, a fiber of it has always held true. One of the things that my dad always said is. Um, especially in our industry, because it's all it's a service industry. You're only as good as your employees. We're not manufacturing, um, you know, a soda brand or you know, putting out a, a product that you can buy off the shelf. So I feel in our industry more than any, um, or more than most, um, it's you know, your your company is really only accessible as the people in it because it's people out there that are that are building these buildings, and um, you know, it's. You, you want to create an environment to where your employees want to show up every day and work hard for you. Um, you know, construction's, construction's hard. It's not like we're all under one roof. We're spread out all over the country. Um, you know, it's not like you can walk out and in, into the plant and see somebody sleeping in the corner somewhere. So you really, you really have to trust the people that are out there doing the work, um, that they're representing you and putting forth a product that you can be proud of. So it's it's really creating an environment to where you're you're taking care of your employees, you're you're telling your employees that you value them and what they bring to the table every day, so that they want to reciprocate that back to you. And um, you know, I think I think that's key as far as as how we operate in in our in our company. That's a wonderful philosophy to have as as a company. Now, you as a successful established company, what are some of the things that you do? from a marketing standpoint to get new business? Are there tools that other entrepreneurs can use or how do you, um, how do you, how do you go after the you, next big customer? But believe it or not, um, we, we were always word of mouth um, up until recently. Um, ne- never did we ever have ads. We never, we never marketed. We didn't have a marketing budget. It was always, you know, cold calling and and going off a reputation hey you know we saw that you guys did this project um down the road you know we called the general contractor and they were happy with you Do you want to bid this work so um as of last year we started a marketing campaign um where we redid our website we were advertising on social media um you know going that whole route which is new to us but it's really paying off um so you know Stay tuned, I guess. I, I, but as of, as of right now, so it's, far it's good. So far it's been really good. I mean, it, you know, it's I don't know anything about marketing, nothing. And um, when we engaged this marketing firm up in Cleveland to kind of handle it for us, they made it very easy. They kind of, you know, took us took took the reins over and said, "This is what we need to do," and we just kind of let them do their thing. And uh, they did a fantastic job. And we're getting a lot of compliments. We're getting a lot of calls. Hey, saw you saw your website. You know, it looks like you guys can handle this. Can you can you do this project? So it's it's been working out pretty well. Good to see marketing translating to dollars. Right? Yeah, and projects. Yeah, so. yeah. And by the way, uh, in case you are wondering who's given this wise counsel, is that Mr. Bob Martin, who's the CEO of RJ Martin Electric. 
uh, I guess headquarters is Charleston, main um, main uh, part of the business still out of Cleveland, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Bob, talk a little bit about just the future. Talk about philosophy and uh, you know where the economy is and where Charleston is. And I know you're not doing a lot of business here, but as a leader, as an entrepreneur, where do you come up with the strategy and the thought? Who do you bounce that off of? in going forward because we all know we're only as good as you know today right um you know the the way that our company is structured is we we have three divisions as i mentioned earlier and and i have um vice presidents that that oversee each division and i really try to stay out of their way you know i you know in my there, there's a quote by Steve Jobs that says, we don't hire um, the smartest people to tell them what to do. We hire the smartest people for them to tell us what to do. And that's really, um, that's, that's kind of how I look at things in our company. I mean, the, the, the people that, that are managing these divisions, they live it every day. We talk every day. Um, but they, they're, they're in the trenches every day. They're the ones dealing with, with the, um, the day to day headaches. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of overseeing the company and, and dealing with my own headaches on a on a different level, um, so to speak. But I, I really, really rely on them to you know say, hey, this is the problem. And then the next conversation or the next part of the conversation is, okay, we have a problem. What do you think the solution is and why? And you know, nine times out of ten, they put a lot of thought into it before they've come to me, and they know what the what the answer to their problem is, and they just kind of need some like a nudge saying, yeah, you know what? That makes sense. Do it. And that's, that's really kind of how, how I try to manage the business. It's like hire, hire people who know what they're doing. That's why you have employees. That's why you're paying them. Um, and let them do their thing. And, you know, obviously oversee oversight and, and things of that nature. We don't agree on everything, but, um, you know, you, you gotta let, you gotta let the people that are doing it every day, make the decisions that you pay them to do. Now you're still you're still so young, so you've got a long way to go. But um, you've got two kids. I'm curious: do they have? How old are they? And do they do they know what you do? And are they interested? Kinda, yeah. I, mean, I have twins, uh, a boy and a girl. They're ten. Um, and you know, my daughter, my daughter right now wants to be a librarian, and my son wants to be a cop. He wants to work for the company. He wants to do all kinds of stuff. So they're, they're still trying to figure it out, um, which is fun. I mean, that's, that's fun to watch them. They're grow not up. handing out the paychecks like you no, were when you were 10. No, yeah. The, yeah. It's different now. Uh, but, uh, it's yeah. all droid deposit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's a paycheck? The internet's a great thing. <laughs> Money just shows up in my right, account. What right. is a paycheck? <laughs> so do you ever sit and I'm going to tag along that, think about, um, their potential one day for coming to the business or, or maybe as your dad did, maybe would want to Discourage. steer them away a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, obviously, if if they want to be a part of the business, um, you know that that would be great. Um, if they don't, that's great too. I just want them to be happy with whatever whatever field they decide to go in. You know, um, I'm not gonna try to steer them one way or the other. And you know, like I said last week, you know, looking back on it, you know, I think my dad really it wasn't him trying to convince me to not get into business. I think it was him trying to make sure that I gave it thought so that it was it more was, of a test. You didn't regret that decision. Yeah, it wasn't, life. it wasn't like, all right, this is, this is what the next step is, or this is what my dad wants me to do, you know, is get into the, the quote unquote family business. Um, I think it's, it was his way of making sure that the decision that I made was my decision and something I truly wanted to do. And that's all I want my kids to do is, 
you know, whatever, whatever makes them happy. So what do you think your dad would say about the business today and what you've done and what you've accomplished? I like to think he'd be proud. Um, you know, I compete against him every day. So, you know, I, I look back at our, you know, the, how well the company's doing as far as employee retainment, um, profitability and, and things of that nature. And, and I compare it to the years when he was running the business and some years he beats me, some years <laughs> I beat him. But, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I like to think that he would be, he'd be proud of the way things are going. I'm sure he would. I, I like the, I like to hope so. You know, I, I talk to my mom all the time and fill her in on what's going on. She was a big part of the company when I was growing up and not so much anymore. But, um, you know, she's still she's still a sounding board for me. So, like, what you know, what would dad do in this situation? And, you know, so it's you know, it, it's it's kind of interesting. You know, I kind of feel like through through my mom that he's still there, still, yeah. still there yeah. and still involved. So. Now, he, now that you've come this far here locally, do you have anyone that you lean on for counsel, or do you look to? Yes, I know he does absolutely, particularly yes. the financial planning. Yes, Mr. Oh, Eric Cox. Okay, excellent. <laughs> That's a great tee up. Perfect. Yes, we we all use, we could all use some Eric Cox in our life. Everyone needs some Cox in Everybody their life, needs a right? Financial planning. Yes. Help them, right? Or yes. Sorry, there, I had to jump there, in on that. That's awesome. <laughs> You didn't know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay, besides Eric, is there anyone else that you'd like to give a shout out to or also any books that you have read that really have helped you during this the process? I mean, one of the books that I read, and um, I mean, it's, I, it's, it's pretty out there. Um, I th- I'm sure a lot of people know about it. It's Good to Great by Jim Collins. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was one of the things during the recession. It was like, just focus on what you're good at. Um, right people in the right seats on the bus. Uh, yep, yeah. exactly. And let them do their thing. And I mean, it's really, it really, when I was reading a book, I wasn't where, wasn't in the mindset that I'm at right now. And, um, as I was reading, it's like, wow, this really makes sense because it's going to make my life a lot easier rather than wearing a million hats during the day. And, you know, Jack of all trades is a master of none. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, you know, reading that book really kind of helped me put things into place as far as getting us to the to the level that we're at right now and um so yeah it's been it's been good although we are getting ready to run out of time i'm gonna go back oh, to your no. question real quick because i stole our thunder on the the value of advisors uh you know, having other people in your life as a business owner i know your banking relationships and cpas and people like us in the financial planning just talk a quick second about what that has meant to help you sustain and grow that business it's critical because you know especially um the banking relationships and the financial planning and the accountants, they, they not only see what works for your company, they see what works for a lot of other individuals and a lot of other companies because you're not their only client. So bouncing ideas off of them and, and them being able to come back at you saying, Hey, you know, I, I have a client that was in the similar situation and this is what they did. And you're not saying that's going to work out for you, but this, it worked out for them. And getting outside perspective is critical because you only know what you know. And, um, you know, the, 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 the way that the interactions that, that these outside influences have in a positive aspect on, on my company has been, has been huge. Critical. I know you, and critical. by the way, as shout outs, we'll give a shout out to Michael Baker. Michael Baker at PNC. PNC. Yeah. yeah, he's been, he's been, I mean, it's, we were going through a really rough spot when I first moved down here and, and he had my back and being able to bounce ideas off of him and show him what my plan was and, and, um, you know, having him kind of stick through it, through it, through it with us and giving, getting his perspective on things 
really was a big piece of turning turning some of our business models around. Good to have people like that in your corner. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We got time for a little lightning round? Oh, do we? All right. I'm going to ask you some questions to have a little fun with this. It's okay. called a lightning round, and we'll keep it short and sweet. The first thing that comes to your mind so we get to know a little bit about you, um, the the best movie of all time. Uh. I would have to say, I know it's a lightning round, but now I'm kind of dragging yeah. it out. Um, <laughs> casino. Casino. Yeah, I like nice. casino. Most influential person in your life? My parents. The thing you are most proud of? My kids. Awesome. And the number one thing on your bucket list? Go to Hawaii with my wife. Oh, that's a, that's a good one. We've yeah. had some like crazy, crazy ones. And that's the last doable. other thing I always like to ask, a little nugget about you, a quirk, something you've done, accomplished that maybe even people that know you pretty well wouldn't know about Bob Martin. Oh, boy. Um, oh, man, I'm a really, really bad golfer. For as much as I golf, I'm horrible at it. Yeah. You and I share that in common. We both know we've been on the course together. Bob Martin, CEO of R.J. Martin Electric. Thank you so much for sharing your time and certainly uh, your wisdom with us. Uh, Congrats on your success. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And make sure and find us on Facebook, Beyond the Business, or on Twitter, BTBCHS. And if you like this show, go to our website at CoastalWM.com. Click on the radio icon, and not only can you hear Bob's show last week, but you can go back for the last four years and hear some amazing wisdom on leadership and entrepreneurship here in the low country. And again, we just thank you for tuning the dial every morning, uh, Saturday morning, I guess it is, from 730 to 8 here on WSC 94.3 and also on iHeartRadio. And until next Saturday morning, low country, please have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at 7.30 for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC.